Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One writer, one artist, one weekly discussion of comics and culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. <laughs> we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Eric has just sent me a picture that has not loaded yet. I'm assuming it's a, a silly, goofy picture of me, perhaps. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's, it doesn't it is, want me to... It's very... It's very silly, goofy. It's it it's show it's showing me a progress bar still. Yeah, it's not working. That's what you get for relying on Skype. I know Skype technology. <sighs> so Skippy, so handsome. I tell you guys, doing out there in Radio Land, Radio Land USA or China depends on where you're calling from. I, it, or I mean, oh, that is an excellent picture of me. I really like that. Good. Uh, there, it was pretty choice there. I'm gonna download that and keep that forever. I think you should make it your uh, your new Facebook avatar, or at least your Skype avatar. I'm gonna do both, actually. As soon as we're done, that's happening. <laughs> <sighs> so, guys, how you guys doing out there? Eric and I are back again for more punishment. Or at least I'm, I'm back for punishment. I, I don't know. I don't know what Eric gets out of this, but I'm really I'm more of a dom. Oh, okay. Uh. I'm in the echo chamber another week, un- un- unfortunately. Hopefully this will be the last time it's so echoey. I thought last time was the last time. It, I'm, I'm, I really, I'm really sad that you're back in South Florida <laughs> at yeah. that friggin' dump with your Stay Puff poster still on the wall. Take yeah. that down. I will. You're going to leave it there. No, we're going to take all of it. When this, this week I'm crossing my fingers, gone until we come back to clean, so... I won't be. I will be moving my desk and my computer to Orlando, where I will live, and work, and enjoy myself, and have my cats and my soon-to-be wife. All that goodness. Three Instead days of, of retirement. <laughs> I'm gonna get gunned down got by three, gangsters. Got, <laughs> got three days to retirement, McBain. <laughs> I, I, I got a, a boat called the Live Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, Mendoza! <laughs> Mendoza! Uh, okay. This is set an appropriately silly tone for this episode. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into some comic books. How about that, Eric? How, how, how about it? How about it? Time for, is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies. Can't answer that sound quite so well. <laughs> Not as good. Uh, weekly floppies, floppies is a part of show, Eric, and I will, uh, review a handful of the week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, pretty simple. We're smart fellas. You should listen to us. Or do what you want. It's fine. We're not going to enforce it. So, you know, buy what you want. <laughs> it's, it's not enforced, huh? <laughs> Unless we can, uh, like... Unless we it. can afford to pay the comic Gestapo to come knock on your door. I don't think we should call them the Gestapo. That, they have that, that, that name has sort of an image problem. Well, that's... <laughs> I think it's exactly the image I was trying to conjure up. That's okay. 
I understand that, but for our PR and our brand, I think we should not be calling our own personal police force the Gestapo. Or the comics Gestapo, for that matter. <laughs> oh, So first up, DC Book, Convergence, number one. Written by Jeff King and Scott Lobdell. Pencils by Carlo Pagalian. Pagalian? I apologize, I just butchered that. Jason Paz on inks. Aspen MLT's John Starr with Peter Steigerwald on colors and Travis Lanham doing the letters. Um, did this intrigue you in this event, Eric? Did it intrigue me? No. Did it, no, it did not intrigue you. Did it not make you go, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen in Convergence number two? It did make me think, why in the hell is this happening? <laughs> like, what is anyone's motivation for kidnapping universes of superheroes and making them kill each other like what 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 has we established that brainiac wants that for uh i can't answer that question because i don't know because this just feels yeah you know, I, I mean i guess it's okay that it just feels like it's it's a heavy-handed reason to cut dead wood out of continuity i feel like it's super obvious that that's what this is and you know whatever um I don't think you're really supposed to think about this. You're supposed to open this book and you're like, well, I don't need my brain anymore. Woo! <laughs> Toss it out. I agree in that is what it's probably supposed to be. But if it's going to do that, just do it. Yeah. There's not for a, a event that is, hey, we're pitting all these different universes superheroes against each other. You get to see all your old favorites from Elseworlds and from the old universes and, and the Golden Age and et cetera, et cetera. There is no fighting in this. There mm -hmm. is – it is a lot of – not even a lot. A, a few select universes. I mean, the most we see is the Injustice universe and the uh, Flashpoint universe. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of stand around and look at the this, guy, this version of Brainiac. Yes. And not much else happens. And I, if I'm buying this, I want to see a couple different Batmans fighting. Why so much pretense? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think anyone is going into this wanting some crazy epic story. They want to see different versions of Batman fighting Red Sun Superman or whatever. Just get to that. I don't understand. It's just. Well, they, you have to understand they have to, they have to have a couple of issues where they can put in the names of uh, old event comics in the text. It's called an Easter egg, Robbie. You're probably not smart enough to know that. Oh, I am pretty dumb. <clears throat> Just like this comic. <laughs> I, hopefully, I'm not as dumb as this comic. No, you're not. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's possible. I would not be able to co-host a podcast if I was as dumb as this comic. You could not turn on a computer. <laughs> Is done. Now I've made myself sad. Aw. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think about the art? I can cover that. Very quickly. nice looking. Kind of, kind of stock DC, but um, I enjoy it. It's, it's uh, extra competent. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, it's less Jim Lee. It's almost a little bit um, Hitch. It's a little mm -hmm. Brian Hitchy. Yeah, I agree. It, it's got, it's got that kind of vibe to it. I, I really dig it. Um, it's kind of the best thing about this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they've picked well. So I don't know. I can't really say much bad about it, but it, no, it doesn't I mean, excite me. I, 
I would say it's certainly the best thing about this book. Yeah. It looks nice, but mm-hmm. the story, I, 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 I was giving the, I would say give this, we well, can give this a shot. I had no ex- expectations whatsoever. And I'm still like, this is, I, I'm not even sure if I want to buy number two. What is, mm-hmm. is this supposed to sell me on this event? Nothing, literally nothing happens in this book. Nothing. It's supposed to, it's, there's no mystery. There's no intrigue, no fighting. I mean, mm-hmm. some, if you're going to do dumb superhero fighting, just do it. But there's not even that. I cannot recommend this. It's especially at $5. What do not buy I feel it. like this is, I feel like this is what should have been the zero issue. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what the was zero the point of that zero was, issue? Yeah. The zero issue was even a bigger wank than this is. This is this is a zero issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah. do not buy it. Uh, yes, yes, clearly. Yeah. Double double do not buy convergence number one. I we may go, we may read two depending on what. I, there's nothing else by DC right except for convergence books. So if we're gonna read DC at all, it's gonna be convergence. But moving on to uh to a one of the many convergence tie-ins, which are bringing up characters from pre blah most of them especially this week are all from new pre-52 gotham or universe base most of them are or from pre-new 52 dc um this is we're doing convergence the question number one written by greg rucka art by cully hamner color dave mckeg letters Corey breen um this is uh, i looked at all the other convergence tie-ins and uh this is the only one with a creative team that, that seemed interesting to me because Greg Rucka has moved on to pretty much only indie books, like creator owned books. Um, and he used to write the question. It was kind of a critically acclaimed uh, run he did with the question and, and all, a lot of different Batman books. So I'm was, was this, this version a question that he wrote? This yes, character? sort of. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yes. Basically. Sort of. Well, this is, I don't, I don't I have no idea where this convergence thing is, how it works in, with the pre new right. fifty two, but it appears but it to be was, yes, the same thing. Right. What are your thoughts, Eric? I, I'm curious what you think about it. Well, as it stands, uh, I think that there's no comic book that lesbians can't make better. <laughs> okay, bold claims. Yeah, this is. I like this book. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is good. I was. I, I don't know. I was expecting dude question. I had no idea that. That this is who the question has been for a while, and well, uh, well, was, was was now New Fifty Two. It's not ah, okay. That's the thing. This is before. I was completely unaware of that. I think she's pretty rad, and I like uh, I like Walking Dead uh, Harvey Dent. <laughs> I did not even think about it, but you're right. That's exactly who it is. It's like stealing the the morphine. That's such a it's yeah. He's gonna go live in a prison. <sighs> but I agree. Yeah. Greg Rucka it, had did a great job with this character pre New Fifty Two, and that's the reason I bought this book. Uh, it it's very it looks nice. Uh, it's a good story. It's a fun story. It's actually hey things happen in this one. Mm-hmm. Like there's character and like story, not just people yes. standing in circles around a robot and talking. Well, I, that sounds like a, my perfect life, but per, certainly not a comic book. <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I'm probably, we'll probably end up, I, I might end up, I'm definitely going to, there's only two issues in this little side story, and that's probably what, I'm guessing that most of these side one-off little stories with the old characters with, maybe depending on the creative team, are going to end up being way better than the main Convergence story. And probably are, I, I, I'm going to be looking at those a lot more closer than I am going to be looking at the, the main event. It's, it's just evidenced by the difference between these two issues. Buy. I'm a buy. Yes. Buy everything with lesbians in it. It's, I'm just going to let that go. Let Eric, his lesbian recommendation. I'm not sure everything of lesbians is good. I, I mean, I don't know. My, my experience is limited. Oh. <laughs> so double buy. Convergence question number one. Next up, our indie book of the week, The Legacy of Luther Schrode, number one. Written by Justin Jordan, Art Trad Moore, colorings, Philippe Sobrero, letters, phonographics. This is the th- the third in the mini se- L- Luther Strode miniseries. I mainly bought this because uh, I d- I've read the first miniseries. I've not read the second yet. Um, I will eventually. This is the third and final Luther Strode story. Um, I mainly bought it because I wanted to hear Eric talk about Trad Moore. <laughs> I I don't know really what I can say other than Trad Moore is is wonderful, uh, and this book looks beautiful. And I I don't know. I, I apparently we need to buy every book that Trad Moore does. He looks this this comic book looks like a, a Capcom game. <laughs> it does. It, it does look like that. I mean, he like this. Luther looks like he's like superhero Capcom fighter guy. I don't know. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it's kind of unfair that the Tradmore exists. People shouldn't be able to make stuff look this cool. We're 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 really lucky to have him. I think. Yeah. God, this, this panel where the guy gets shot in the face—that's <laughs> yeah, so friggin' intense. I was just looking at it. Oh my god. <laughs> No, everything about this book is amazing. Um, t- t- people have been people have been all abuzz about it because I mean, Trad Moore, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, this guy is uh, guy's a beast. I need to put more work in his hands. This stuff is beautiful. And the action in, in this is so expressive and so mm-hmm. so visually powerful. Like you feel yeah. it, it's this and this like the the way he can make like communicate motion and impact is incredible. It reminds I, me of a couple of different artists. The first one I think of is Afu Chan. Um, who else was I thinking of? Eh, I'll I'll think of it eventually. I don't need to. I don't need to actually discuss things. <laughs> but uh, it's. I, it's great. It's beautiful and ridiculous and, and uh, action-packed. I, I, I hesitate to call it fun, but it's kind uh, of fun. Uh, uh, this was this was fun for me. I know. It's just there's a dude that gets shot. Literally, a, a bullet straight through his head, and it, there's mm-hmm. it's very gory. I will. I, I guess I should give it that disclaimer. But other than that, it's just amazing to look at. Buy it. You are missing out if you don't. Yeah. Legacy Luther Show number one. Double bye. 
Super Echo. Echo. Super Echo, indeed. Echo. Next up, Marvel Books. First up, Spider-Woman, number six. I'm sure there is a credits page at the beginning of the book. Written by nope, Dennis. it's hopeless. Ha <laughs> ha, that's funny. Written by Dennis <laughs> Hopeless. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Javier Rodriguez on pencils and colors. Alvaro Lopez on inks. Travis Lanham doing the letters. Uh, we read five. We really liked it. I uh, still really like this. I, it's uh, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, it is definitely half, it's like half Batgirl, half Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a combination I can in, I can get behind. Truly, it is very superior if it was a Spider Man, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They, uh, it looks like they're already calling Aubrey Plaza to play Spider Woman. <laughs> she looks just like Aubrey Plaza in this book. I can get behind that. Yeah, freaking kangaroo guy. I swear. I love them. I love these 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 C list animals uh, supervillains. It's ridiculous. I'm not sure if any. Of where's these are... Where's the walrus? I don't know. Where is the walrus? That's what I want to know. That's what I want in a comic book. Where's the walrus? I'm curious if kangaroo is an actual villain or they just made him up. I don't. I don't know. I would. I would accept either answer. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I do not know which one would make me happier. I do like uh, Senor Suerte with his little wheel on his chest that mm-hmm. that he spins like it's the price is his, right his, his, his roulette wheel oh bankrupt <laughs> she rescues some alpacas it's delightful yeah it's pretty special she eats fried chicken no. that's what you want in a superhero comic fried chicken she kidnaps good. the space guy from preacher well, he he did finally get it, like his life's mission was accomplished. So I guess so. What else is he going to so do? He moved on. <laughs> moved That's on. what he did in the nineties. Exactly. I mean, it's been years. He's he's got his he's got his whole supervillain gig now. Still the same haircut. I I'm a buy. I like it. It's it a is a, it is a delightful book. It's a fun series. I'm glad that Greg Land isn't on it anymore. Oh, Greg Land. Yeah, heavy sigh on that one. <laughs> So I think that if you want to get women to read a book, you get Greg Land to do the art and you get Milo Manera to do the cover. That's a surefire recipe to get. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I would do. If I was an editor, I'd go like, okay, so this book is clearly targeted towards a larger audience. Who should we get to draw it? We'll get Porno McPornerson. (laughs) It's a good name for Greg Land. Porno McPornerson. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, Spider Woman number six, double buy. Our <laughs> last book. I do want to the 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 name that uh, I just came up with. What is that? Boner O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm sorry that came to my that uh, that was in my head, and I had to I had to let it out. Of course. Forgive me. Anyway. We're all, we're all worse off for knowing that. Our last Marvel book of the week is Ant-Man number four, written by Nick Spencer, art by Ramon Rosanas, Jordan Boyd doing the colors, Travis Latham on letters, with Idette Winecore doing des- as the designer. Um, We skipped in this year. I didn't really, you didn't really need to, need to read it to get yeah. the gist of what's like, happening. I feel like I'm pretty well caught up. Um, but 
it's very good still. And this is also, it's Nick Spencer who wrote Superior Foes of Spider-Man. So clearly that is in this as well. Mm-hmm. There's a, a man in a bear costume and then Machine Smith. What are your thoughts on Machine Smith, Eric? I know you have thoughts about Machine Smith. Why do you think I would dislike him? Not dislike him. Thoughts. What? He's a computer guy. Of he, course. No, he says like, computer things. I like it. Okay. What am I supposed... They- <laughs> That's all you have to <laughs> they've say? Do- they've, they've done the right kind of hand-waving that I'm not going to investigate further. That's what I'm asking. That It's, it's not... <laughs> No thunderbolts. They're, they're not. They're not trying to convince me like how cool and hip they are with uh, with all their technology technology lingo. They actually reference like a '90s rap song or something to show them how out of touch this guy is. I don't know. It's 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 fine. Like I said, he's a man that's made of information, mm-hmm. and I hear that. I'm like, okay, no reality here. It's fine. This is purely fiction. Don't don't play the hard sci-fi card first. <laughs> it's it's obvious that this is ridiculous. So if you're expecting me to grumble about there, be like, well, there can't be a man made of information. That's just preposterous. I was merely wanting you to make that comparison between the that the fact that some comics, namely Batgirl, most recently has tried to use technological terms that don't apply in this. This is as this explained. Is, does it thing. using magic? I well, that's the thing. The, the, he might as well be a wizard. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the way to do it. Is you? you it's not about that. <laughs> you don't call attention to it. You don't say my server got a virus. It's. I, it's, I don't. I can't tell you why that worked, and or that doesn't work, and this does. But it's clearly starting off that, like, this is ridiculous, and you're not trying to convince me how how much you think you know about computers because you looked up what algorithm means. Um, yeah. My, my favorite panel in this? Mm-hmm. The grizzly, the man in the bear suit. Who turned off the air conditioning? Who turned off the air conditioning? That's, yes, no, this, this, that, that is, that is the thesis of this, this book, I think. <laughs> Dude in a grizzly bear suit. Yeah. Breaking through walls. I like this book. Yes, it's good. I, it's it's, I, it's hilarious. It looks nice. It's a lot of fun. You may notice man, that. Man gets stepped on. Man does get, we get a splat. Subverts expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so buy it. Buy Ant-Man. It's really good. Yes. It's it's gotten better. I think it, we were we yes, got, I've gotten, I've gotten stronger gotten on it as we've gone on. And it wasn't it wasn't bad. No, it was not. Uh, originally, it was. I think the first issue or two, I was a little soft on. Mm-hmm. This one, I love it. It's it's delightful, hilarious. It's. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the most preposterous like uh, technology, like superhero backstory. I was bitten by a radioactive USB drive. That may happen. Yep. So, buy it. You're a buyer, I assume? Yes. Yes. And number four, double buy. Uh, I have not had time to read anything else. I bought other things, as we have already discussed previously this weekend. I have not read anything else, unfortunately. Looks like you're planning to read a whole bunch of Daredevil. 
it was uh, they had a sale and it was a lot of good stuff for really cheap. Good, good thing to sell. Mm-hmm. It looked good. What anything else uh, you want? You've read anything? Reading anything else this week, Eric? No, I still have to read. Um, I still have to read the Rat Queens trade, and I still have to read uh, Wayward Trade, which I'm looking forward to both of those. Got to get me a, a zub in there. Mm-hmm. I I I have so many things I need to read. I'll have to wait till after I get married. I'm gonna say you better stop getting married. I'll stop next Saturday. Okay. That's, Next that's, Saturday, that's a deal. I'll be that's done. That's a deal, buddy. I'll stop getting married. I promise. So I'll tell you what. You 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 better strap yourself in. You're gonna get a hell of a toast. I won an award for public speaking. Really? Yeah. Actually, yes, that happened. Okay. Well, good. I'm ready. I'm, my loins are girded. All right. Mm. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, uh, let's talk about. Well, we're still gonna talk about comics. <laughs> For the most part, it's time for checking in. I guess stick my tongue out for that. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we're up to during the week. Uh, you know, nerdy things, comic books, theme parks. Theme parks. Not yet. You're, Eventually. You're going to talk about a theme park? I will in a couple weeks after I go to one. Okay. <laughs> Eric, uh, I know you, you went to Megacon. Please. I did. Tell I, me all the you things. Correct, you, you told me that I didn't spell it right in the show notes. Yep. I don't think that was maybe that wasn't maybe that was intentional. I don't know. What? I have no idea. Sometimes I'm anyway, purposely yes. obtuse. I went to MegaCon. Went with uh, a good buddy of mine who has just moved to Orlando. Who is not you? What? You have other friends? Imagine, imagine everyone's moving to Orlando. It's a friggin' party. But now my friend Adam Schickling, who is an illustrator, uh. You may or may not have heard of him. He he uh he got a little internet famous for a little while when he did a uh, Drew Struzan esque poster of four four just shits and giggles, but drew all of the Star Wars characters, but as in their advanced age, <laughs> the way they look today, uh, you know, for the movie that they are shooting, and Harrison Ford is is breaking his legs for. Um, <laughs> But he did the, he did this poster as a lark and it it went uh, it went pretty viral for a while. If you look up his name Adam Shickley on Google Images, you have a whole giant page of that poster over and over and over again. <laughs> it's really handsome looking. He gave me a print of it. But uh, we ran around MegaCon and talked to artists and acted like cut up, spot comics. I found a great uh, video game uh, vendor. That sold me two Mario three posters, cool. which I'm going to get framed. They look oh, they're beautiful. Did you ever see the um, the image with like flying Mario and Luigi and Peach, and it's got all the Koopa kids coming down the mountain? I think so. so. I have a poster of that now, cool. and I have the iconic yellow poster with Mario flying, and I'm going to get both of those framed. And I'm really very excited about that. But uh, you know, and in my con tradition met a lot of very cool uh, artists and craftspeople. Um, and if you don't mind, I'd like to just sort of run down the list real quick. It's not as many this year as uh, other years because I only went one day and only part of one day. Still managed to spend a lot of money, though. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, 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 the, that's the good news. That's, that's the important thing. It is. As long as I'm just taking money and throwing it in a ditch somewhere. Screw this. Take all my money, Square. 
<sighs> so, without further ado, um, got to see Kelly Riley again. She's uh, continuing to be incredibly cool. She talked to me and Adam a lot about she apparently done a comic book uh, for Monster High she was really excited about. And she started doing some uh, natural media stuff. She's a lot of a lot of drawings of girls, very cute stuff. Um, it's it's really really wonderful. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, talked to her a little bit, bought a little bit of art. Um, then I also met a friend of uh, his name is J M Dragoon Dragoonius, I think. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he's like call me Joe. I'm not going to call someone J M. But he's apparently a buddy of uh, Jeremy Bastion. Do you remember Jeremy Bastion's name? Yes, yes. Curse, he did the Curse Pirate Girl. Yes, yeah. I was actually looking that as I was unpacking the other day. I flipped through it a couple times, uh, just like admire it again. Well, JM, uh, you would take one look at his drawings, and like you're you're like you, you're probably bros with Jeremy Bastion. He's like, yeah, I drew this in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> apparently. Yeah, they're buddies. Um, it's, it's a similar sort of, you know, old tight line work style. And he also does the incredibly insane thing of doing a tiny, tiny drawing and then in blowing it up. That's, that's crazy. No one does that. No one does that. These guys need to stop being aliens. <laughs> but they're from, they're from like the alternate earth where everyone can draw really incredibly well because that's impossible. No one does that. Um, I actually didn't get to speak with this artist. I talked to her friend, Jen, who sold me some stuff. Jen had apparently bought this table in Artist Alley and was going to sell her crafts there. And then the, the, uh, the Megacon Gestapo told her she couldn't do that because it's for only for people selling prints and things. So she just let her friend put up a booth. Uh, so they put up a booth selling prints with no sign. <laughs> so I had to sit and talk to her and ask her what her name was. And it's Victoria, AKA Tori Gedvillis or however that's pronounced, <laughs> but uh, cu very cute girl art. Um, it was fun to talk to her. I bought her book. I enjoyed it quite a lot, but uh, she's a very, very cute artist. Um, I'm one thing I'm seeing and this this makes me goes. I wanted to go off on this tangent, and she makes me think of it. Is there is like a glut of uh, like female illustrators? There are tons. I would say they probably even outnumber the men illustrators at this con. Hmm. Which that's I don't know. It, that makes me very happy in some way. <laughs> it makes me, me want to get a table and and upset that balance a little bit, but there were tons of just like young female talent. It was really rad, you know, and it's also good to see that it's like lots and lots of uh people doing cartooning and, you know, more I don't know, more fun illustration, not boring crap. It's good. <laughs> like there was a whole table of a whole table of seniors at uh from Ringling. Mm. Uh and I was like walking by. They were all women, all young women, all of them cartoonists for the most part. Some of them might not really identify as that, but it's more cartoony. But um yeah, wow. Um could not have been more pleased to see just like tons and tons of young women like coming to comic cons and making art that's like 
pretty much the best thing I can imagine. Um, a couple more people. Uh, I, I bought you and Kim something. Hopefully it's something that you don't already have, but I saw it and thought of you. You know, those little yarn things it's called something in that's got like a Japanese sort of naming to it. You know what I'm talking about? It's like Amigumi or something. I don't oh, have a clue what it's called. Do you know so. what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I actually don't know. I, if if I got that right, that was a complete shot in the dark. I I, th- I know what you're talking about, regardless if you yes. got it, the name right or not. They're, like, they look like Sackboy, you know? Like those yes, things. yeah, you're right. But I, I bought you one of those of a no-face. It's for it's for Kimbo Slice, your fiancé. Yes, sure. Kimbo Slice, the mixed martial artist. Calling him a, a mixed martial artist is a stretch, but I understand. Yes, yes, him, my fiance. Yes. Um, but I got that from a uh, a company called Crafty Dork. I've seen them here and there, a couple other cons, maybe at Florida Supercon. I saw them. Um, but bought that, and I will throw it at your face in a couple of days. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I also got to meet Sasha Yoss again. I had bought some of her artwork, um, either at Florida Supercon last year or at Megacon last year, whichever. I don't remember. Um, she's still, you know, very fun to talk to and talented, but she was there with a young fellow named Brian Woodward who had some really cool work. And I bought a print from him of a, um, I don't know, some, some girl in sugar skull makeup. It's, um, pretty simple. Pretty simple concept, very nicely executed. Um, but he had a lot of really nice work, and so did she. It seems I, I see why they get along. Uh, they have a, some some similar sort of stylings there. It was pretty rad. Um, but yeah, that's that's my uh, rundown of the artists that I saw. Uh, we walked by and laughed at all the people that stood in in line to get a twenty second picture with Norman Reedus. Stood in line for two and a half hours. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. He looked, he, 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 he never took his, his sunglasses off and he looked like he was drunk in every picture. Well, to be fair, he kind of always looks like that. I know. So maybe that's just judgmental, but whatever. I would not, I would not wait in line for that. I would either. Don't, I don't care about any of these things. That's, uh, I, it's like they had a glut of people. Uh, having to change plans and end up dropping out before. So oh. they were glad that, I guess they were very happy that Norman Reedus did media not. Media guests, you mean? Yeah, media guests. Mm. Like Ron Perlman, uh, and, oh. and who was the other big name? I can't, I can't remember, but they've had a lot of relatively famous people that mm. kind of dropped off. Megacon, did you see the news that got sold? Interesting. To Fan Expo, the company that uh, runs all the Fan Expos, okay. you'll see they're and they've been they that company has been buying up a lot of these you know concert cons yeah. yeah around the country and I I suppose it's not a bad thing they apparently have a good reputation so there was always talk of Heroes Con getting bought by Wizard World or I think like that they were trying to negotiate that and I think Sheldon was like no go pound sand <laughs> Sheldon who does heroes con mm-hmm. um and i think they they tried to schedule it at the same time because they wanted to just kill it and that didn't work because yeah heroes con is amazing <laughs> anyway um i think i can talk about oh um totally forgot that i did speak with frank cho spoke with him mm-hmm. 
What did he say? It was really weird. What did, what did you I, say? I, I didn't say a whole heck of a lot. I didn't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about. Okay. But he was talking to someone else, and I was surprised because he's sitting right next to George Perez, and George Perez has a huge line, and he's doing like $40 sketches. So there's a million people there. And I don't, I'm like, I don't care about, I don't, I don't want to talk to George Perez. Um, this is just, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't, I, I never cared about that art back when he was big. So I don't, I kind of don't, don't understand his celebrity. I would, I would stand in line to talk to Art Adams, but not George Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no line. There's just, he's just having a conversation with some guy. So, like, we stand there and we wait, and, like, I try and talk to him a little bit, you know, when the other guy stopped talking. Um, and he was, like, a little weird, a little standoffish. It was odd. But I think, mm-hmm. it, like, he completely changed and got so much friendlier after that dude left. It was weird. It was like he was trying to put on a show for this guy or something. I don't know. Something about that dude made him uncomfortable. And he, we actually, you know what we talked about for the longest time? What? Like, we didn't talk about art or anything. We talked about Fitbits. It, when you see someone else with one on, you're like, hey, you're part of my club. You're, we got. Well, he, he didn't have one. He just, oh, okay. He just, like, I, I just, like, I, I was checking my steps in front of him. I wasn't even expecting him to say anything else. I was like, well, I'm going to check my steps and then we're going to leave. And he's like, well, what's that? That's interesting. And I'm like, yeah, it does this and this and this. And it, I don't know. It, he actually, started acting a little bit more like a person and not like grumpy guy i don't know what it was something was bugging him but i don't know it was a it ended up being a pretty good talk but uh in case in case uh frank show starts hawking fitbits you'll know where he learned about it it's your fault it is my fault so there we go that was my whole interaction with frank show I might have even run out of steam on the whole uh, Frank Cho controversy. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, if you want to, I, I I don't I don't know that I care anymore. Honestly, I I was fa- I was fascinated with it for a, a day or two, and now I don't care anymore. Um, I I it, yeah I don't want. I I think it's ridiculous that this is even something that anyone's worrying about because it's it's a different thing when. You know, like a major publishing company is saying, um, you know, here's, here's, here's this book with this porny cover, you know, that we're trying to get women to read it. And here's, here's this. It's like a big fuck you. But this is just, this is just a guy drawing a book that he's selling directly to his fans. I, I, I have two thoughts on it. One, am I, do I think it, I like, I don't think it's funny or whatever. Like, I don't. But the fact that when you call so much attention to it, you're not, that's, no, yeah, it's not, you're not serving anything well, but that's the thing. This whole thing is not about, this is, this is for profit blogging, trying to create more heat than light because that's what blogging does. They're trying to get page views. They're trying to basically, I mean, it's no different than, you know, Jesus Diaz, like, like he'll like write an article that's like making fun of like some photographer he found on the internet. It's like public shaming. Um, I almost checked in with that because there's a really great, uh, you're not so smart episode about public shaming that I, I, if you haven't listened to any of those, that's a good one. He just released it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
it's like so completely unnecessary. Like these these blogs just went out and decided to pick a fight about this and get people all riled up about it. I, it's completely ridiculous. It's not it's not journalism. It's just trying to make people upset so they will click on things. I t- talking about it is giving it too much credit. It's just I don't it doesn't it's it's yeah, whatever. It's it's a, it, it is what it, it is what it is. I don't I don't know what there's worse things. There's worse than that. That's what I I mean if it's I don't endorse it but I don't I'm not going to discredit it either. I don't I'm kind of just at this point I'm just like I just it's just negative. I just want to talk about the good things. Mm, I yeah, I don't I I um it's a guy drawing art. It's fine. It's I don't. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm. I don't let him do what he wants. He can draw it for once. I don't. That I completely agree, and I think see the point that you're you've started to make, but you know it is in relatively bad taste. But who gives a shit? Yeah, it's a drawing. Yeah, it's I, not a major publication. Who cares? Yeah, that's um. Yeah, it, that the me not even like finishing sentences. How much I'm I care? Just mm-hmm. it's like Meh, whatever. Can I? I'd like. I'll. Can we talk about Spider Woman number six? That's more interesting to me. It is much better to talk about that. Um. So, Eric, Robbie, I did. Wanna... I, I did a few things that I can talk about. Not a lot. You want You want to tell me about uh, about your your Netflix marathon? Uh, let me, I'll first lead off that I'll, we'll sit, we'll tease that and we'll <laughs> begin with, uh, that, that's a radio term. If you didn't know that, I'm a, I'm a, I'm it's, a... uh, it's also, you know, other things. <laughs> first up is, uh, I, I guess I'm just on a Stephen King slash, uh, you do like Stephen King yeah, quite a lot. Cause I just, I, I listened to long walk recently. This is also a Bachman book, uh, the running man. Which is what the, that, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film is very, very loosely based on. Uh, that movie is, I still like it a lot, but it is nothing like the novel. The novel is dark and grim and the hero is not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) He is not a, he is a poor, decrepit dude who is trying to make money on a suicide run for his family. Uh, it's, Similarly to long, it's also like a long walk. It, 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 it's like a parallel universe to that where it's, you know, dystopian and, uh, the government sanctions like sports where poor people can make money. Uh, Running Man is the most popular show where a dude is given a 12 hour head start and then he is set free, uh, from the main headquarters of this company that runs all this stuff and he is hunted down like a dog. And if he makes it 30 days, he gets a billion dollars. Um, but of course there's lots of catches and, you know, the government cheats to catch you. But that, that's the gist of it. It's really good. I really like it. It's really dark, really grim, complete opposite of that movie. Um, it's really interesting how much it covers like class warfare and stuff like that. That's, it's really, that's the interesting stuff that I come, come with. Like, I've always enjoyed it, but I, I think I'm getting more out of that class warfare stuff. Cause it's back, this is written in, I'm guessing, I think the 70s or like late 70s or early 80s. 
and it's set even in the further future from where we are. I think it's in the set in the 2020s some point, but it is foretelling, you know, it's, you know, rich get richer and then the poor are literally fighting just to get money and literally doing that in these sports. But it's really good. Definitely check it out. If, uh, if you, if you've seen that movie, don't expect that, but it's very good regardless. It's good in a different way. And as Eric mentioned, I did have a Netflix marathon last night. And, uh, I got through seven episodes of Daredevil. Watched five more than I did. And so there's six to go. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, very violent. Really, I was a little shocked by how much, how gore and like visceral violence there is in it. Um, but it's really well done. It looks really nice. The acting is pretty solid all across the board. Mm. Uh, the writing is really smart and clever. They are, they are not, I guess they're doing more with the, it's not as procedural as I thought it would be. Mm. Cause I, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is pretty procedural driven. And this is certain, is not this, it's sort of influenced by, you know, standard television, but it's not all the way. Um, they're really being really smart and I'm seven episodes in. They have not used the word daredevil yet. So I'm interested to see, but I've, it's definitely influenced by that Frank Miller. It's the Frank Miller, like people have said a lot. It's like Batman begins in a lot of ways. And it certainly is, but that was, you know, year one, Frank Miller's year one. And this is, you know, Frank Miller's daredevil stuff. So, you know, there's, there it is street crime and, and, you know, mob bosses and Russians, Russians. Yep. Definitely Russians. A lot of Russians in that. Uh, so in, in the first seven episodes, in the seven episodes I watched, lots of Russians. I did finally get to see, see, uh, see Stick. So that was cool too. They cast Stick really well. Casting's really good too. I should say that. I really like Foggy. Yeah, Foggy. That's like the. He's, you know, he looks like a grown up version of, uh, oh God, uh, Peter Dinklage. That, that kid, he was a child actor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what show he was in. Oh, is he Mighty is that Mighty Ducks I'm thinking of? Oh my god. Was he in Mighty Ducks? I that think makes, was, that makes so much sense. Eldon Hansen, I thought he was in was he in Mighty Ducks? I mean he's in lots of stuff. He he's always worked, but yeah, he was in Mighty Ducks. He just played the, the big Yeah. The big He was dude. the bully. Yeah, the bully. I, yep. as soon as you said that I realized it. Yeah. Oh my god. That's uh that's that's amazing. Yeah, but he does he's does a great job with with he's the comic relief he is like mm-hmm. the only comedy in the show no he's him. he's he's very likable yeah he plays the character really well and i was watching the second episode where um what is what is the secretary's name karen page karen page yep that's a little too on the nose isn't it mm, yeah it's yeah yeah it is what it is Hopefully. Uh, anyway, just yeah. like I don't know, he was he was very charming. His jokes were very well written. Mm. I I I enjoyed him very much in that episode. I don't know. I he gets I better. Little, better. Yeah, I, I I imagine he will. Um, this is the first. I I don't know. I'm I'm still a little on the fence, but I think I everyone in the world is talking about it, so I can't imagine it getting worse. It's just it can't help but get better. Uh, the, um, the thing that is stuck out to me is how they're doing Kingpin. Mm. I'm. It's played by Vincent D'Onofrio, which yeah. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, 
you at your point you haven't probably even you've only caught I have not seen him. He's not in episode two. No, he just has, I think his voice is in episode one very briefly. Yes. Yes. Um, How they're treating him is the thing I'm going to, I'm curious to see how it ends up, how it ends at the end of this, 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 the Daredevil series. I'm very curious Mm. this, this, how it, how they, because it's very interesting. I, I, it's different than I expected. Um, but I'm, it, it's not bad. It's just different than I expected. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see more specific. I mean, everyone is saying it's great. Jason Latour said it's great. I, ca- I can't even think of all the comic book writers that have said that how much they enjoy it. So, I mean, I, the, the right people are endorsing it. So I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm going to finish it up as, I don't know. It's going to be, I have six more episodes to go. They're about an hour long, but. I'll get there. Uh, maybe this week. Maybe after I get married. I think that's my default answer for everything. I'll do it after I get married. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. That's that was my most of my aside from installing a, mounting a television mm-hmm. um, and I'm unpacking more. Daredevil. Good. I, I can't imagine if you're listening to this, you're not already watching it. Daredevil. So, but go watch it if you're not. It's really good. Available on on the the Netflix Netflix, which is I'm sure they're very I, happy I, it, about it. No, I'm I'm very excited that Marvel is partnering with them because that's that shit's the damn future. I, uh, I wonder if Amazon Amazon has made its own mm-hmm. uh, unique content, haven't they? What was it? They've done a lot of shows right now. Like they have a whole bunch of them. Most of them aren't like that. Like well known, transparent. I think is the biggest one because it's won a lot of awards. Even though I've heard also criticism, but from the, you know, the LGBT community about it. But that's off. That doesn't. That's the most well known of the Amazon shows. I think. But they have they have, they have a whole program where they launch like pilots and then people vote on which ones they like the most. Hmm. Interesting. But no, it's it's really Daredevil's good. Hey, Marvel made something that's good, guys. Marvel, they, they, I don't know what, what they have in the water over there, but they know what they're doing. Whew. Eric's got thumbs up. He still has his thumbs. Hey, guys, Eric did not lose his thumbs at Megacon. They're still there. Did, I, I did try. I went sticking them in everything. Gonna leave that alone. Whatever, man. Whatever, I, man. I live how, I live how I want. Don't need your criticism. I guess that's fair. Uh, with that, I think, I think that's it for checking in. I think it is. Right? Right? Right. I think we can switch over to the nerdiest part of the show. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nerd Boy also Book Club. Also the bookiest part. <laughs> also the Talk over part. each other a lot. That's good, too. That's Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club. I see how it. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part show. Eric and I will discuss a, a sign and discuss a longer collective work uh, like you would in a book club. Except it's a comic book. This week, we are tackling Copra, round one, numbers one through six, by Michelle Fife. It is, he did everything. Traded and produced, drawn, written, inked, colored, published. Yeah, apparently published. I don't think the edition that I have was was printed and published by him. I think it got no picked the, up. Yeah, the trades are not by him, but each individual issue are published by him. Yeah. Um. This is uh, Copra. This it's in. Have you read? Did you ever read any of the the, the old Suicide Squad, Eric? No, no. Jonah Strander. This is an homage to that. It is clearly mm-hmm. like take a lot of 
C and D list, you know, villains or, or, or mercenaries or, you know, characters in DC it was originally and just send them on, you know, they don't matter. You know, they're throwaway characters anyway, so we can just have them killed. We can go on missions and anyone could die truly because none of these characters matter. And this is mm-hmm. a modern day take on that kind of a, a spiritual successor to that original Suicide Squad where anyone could die. What are your thoughts, Eric? Give me a, give me a roundabout. I've been, I've been talking about this a while for you. You've been waiting for your comic book, uh, comic book store to get it into you and you were proudly showing uh-huh. it off to me. I think that, you know, it, it's, it, it's fine. It's not like, for some reason, it, I guess it's not really working for me on like a deep level. And it could be that it's gotta be predicated. Like you have to like understand that, that it's referencing. Maybe, uh, to me, I was getting like a lot of Frank Miller vibe out of the way it's written. Like the voiceover in particular is very, very Frank Miller. Um, I think a lot of the drawing is very Frank Miller as well. So I think it's very clear. There's a lot of that influence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fine story and it, it, it wraps up pretty nicely in the end that it intrigues me. Um, like this whole, this whole unexplored plot with this mother brain monster, mm-hmm. uh, in another dimension is, uh, pretty fascinating. And, you know, it's pretty reasonably compelling. I'm, I, um, I, I'm kind of left thinking like what the hype is about though. I mean, I think it's a good, competent comic book, but it feels like so much of the hype is just around that it's, so like such a singularly created product like this guy did absolutely everything all by himself i mean and it's it's good it's just i don't think that it's a book for me maybe i i I was gonna say i think a lot some of the uh you know the hype about it is not only i mean he i think a lot of it is that it's his singular vision that he did all Mm -hmm. the work but the fact that he did he was putting these out like he did all the first 12 issues of this. He's still this. These are still coming out. He's on issue 20 something right now. Like yes. he kept a monthly schedule. Yeah, that's an, pretty brutal. An issue a month dr- doing all of it. So he would draw basically yes. draw an issue every two weeks. So that's that's Which a I think lot. Explains of- why it looks the way it looks. It's you can't really be. You, you got to keep it kind of loose and uh, loose and light. To it, put something out that quick. That's yeah, just crazy. This is, did you read the little afterword, uh, where he talks about how, you know, how he was, how quickly he had to get the, get it out? Uh, you know, he talks about, uh, Walt Simonson had a quote about breaking the Kirby barrier. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, uh, it's, a, it's an output thing. Turn out those pages. Keep moving. Don't you dare think of a rewrite. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, moving quickly but steadily, never being half-assed. Like, I guess there's a certain admiration about that simply because, you know, the, oh, yeah. way, the way Jack Kirby worked and the way that a lot of artists, like, people are, it's impressive that it, it happened at all. I think that's part of it. And I think a lot of it is nostalgia. Like, it, it, like, it is, the story itself is a, is an homage to that original, uh, Suicide Squad. You, I, think I when I first talked about this on the podcast I talked about how it reminded me of of Frank Miller and Daredevil mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that 
it does. It is this. The it looks like it. The the, the action and the the oh, kinet, yeah. the kinetic you know yes. action scenes and all that and very like, much reminiscent of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's I, I I think it. I don't know. Can you? I just can't think of other. I think the other thing is that it's that nostalgia is tied to the fact that there's no comics like this right now for like where people just. I think. Where a story when anyone can die, where anyone, everyone is expendable, it's it's it goes in opposition of superhero comics. So when you draw a superhero comic like this or write one, mm-hmm. it, and people, everyone, anyone can die, it doesn't matter. It it sets it apart, and that, I think that's one of the reasons I really like it. And like that's, and we talked about this when we talked about Walking Dead, where you know a lot of the early the early Walking Dead had a very certain charm about it because. Yeah, you, no one is safe. No one's safe. Anything could happen. And then as we went on with it, we were like, it, it, it kind of, the charm wore off because it seemed like there are people who were safe. Like, it, it seemed like there's specifically people who were not gonna, were just gonna be there for the rest of the story regardless. And in this, there isn't that at all. Like, anyone could die. It doesn't matter. Although that, do you think there's a drawback there and that you don't feel as necessary? Do you, did you get attached to any of the characters? Did you feel anything no. for that? No, I think that they're all fairly uninteresting. Um, a lot of them are. I mean, in, maybe, maybe uninteresting is not. Maybe uninteresting is is the wrong word because they're certainly like they're all so friggin' weird mm-hmm. that they're interesting. In kind of like it made me think of a lot of the B characters in Hellboy in the Hellboy universe. Mm-hmm. They're all just sort of weird and offbeat like that. That I think they're all interesting, but I, you're so distanced from them. You have no empathy really for any character. Not so much really. Um, and there's so many, you don't really have too much time to dwell with any of them. I think the one character, what, what, what is his name? He's got some ridiculous name. It's got head in it. What's his name? Manhead. Is it Manhead? Yeah, he's the, he's the, uh, if you could any call any of them a main character, yes, he's probably it. Yes, and that that was sort of what I'm saying. Is he's probably the one that we're given the most uh, opportunity to feel empathy for, and you know he he dies at the end. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I don't know. None of the other characters you're really given too much chance to to care about. I I think the big robot guy who's like a moody teenager is interesting, but just because that's kind of a funny concept to me. Yeah, a lot of I, them are analogs to superheroes mm-hmm. and other. Oh like, yeah, there's clearly a Doctor Strange, but mm-hmm. they have Obviously. all little twists on them in certain ways. Um, yes, or they are com- combinations of various superhero tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, how about do you like Freddie Mercury? I always like Freddie Mercury in uh, gunslinging Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it always it that always works for me. Whenever you put Freddie Mercury in anything, give him wrist guns. Yeah, call him Mister Fahrenheit. I don't even know what the guy's name was. I wish they would have. I would have liked that a lot. I forget his name too. Not even sure. Yeah, that's the thing is it. It's like none of it matters. They introduce so much in, or I say they. They, he. He. Yeah. He introduces so much in short a span of time that it, it seems like more about that and less about the story. 
less about the characters, less about any of that stuff. I would have, I would have preferred half the characters and a little bit slower story to where like when one of them dies, like you really feel it. I don't know. I think I would prefer that. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? I, I think some of the charm of the, is the, the breakneck pace though. I, and yeah. I, I think that balance is really hard where you're like, and the fact that, well, some of the, a lot of characters do just are killed mm-hmm. and eventually you kill them and they, if you don't have any, you only have like three people left and that's, I don't know. With this kind of book, it is, I, I think the fact that he is clearly going after that, the suicide squad thing, it's like, well, you have to have a lot of, cause the rate of attrition is so fast. You have to have a huge cast to make up for it. I mean, the, I think the closest thing you get to any kind of real character is when they're just kind of hanging around in that dude's apartment. Yeah. You know, relaxing before his roommates come home and, uh, try and murder them all. Do you know what that, that, uh, that part reminded me of is the wrenchies. Really? Yeah. This book makes me think of, uh, if Frank Miller wrote the wrenchies. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's way too much, I just say way too much happens in this book to, uh, make yeah. me think of the wrenchies, but I understand what you oh, mean. Oh, that's true. And now, uh, can, can I, can I, uh, can I do something real quick? Okay. We're the goddamn wrenchies. That was for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good. No, it's, it's, but it is, and I think a lot of it, and not even when I say, I said nostalgia and the fact that it's an homage to Suicide Squad, it's not even, it's an homage to comics, to superhero Mm. comics. Like, there's so much in like, hey, it it looks like, uh, like, there's like a reaver from the X-Men in this. And there's Doctor Strange. And there's like a, a like a weird combination of like Doctor Doom and Iron Fist. It's like it's there's just like mm-hmm. so many like of these familiar tropes like respun in various ways that it it it, it makes you think of that it brings back that kind of warm feeling you had as a kid because it, it I don't know it spins it in a way that makes you feel nostalgic towards the that era of Frank Miller. You know, when year one, when Daredevil, these first runs on Daredevil and when year one came out, like it's, it, it's, it's a throwback to those, to those, those, those times. I just wish it came out and trade more quickly because there's, mm. hell, there's three times the amount of this that have been published, but you have to buy him through his Etsy store if you want single issues. That's rough. So you, and you, I mean, by the time this came out in trade, I think there was, he was already finished with the first whole year of comics and. I think that's, I think that's, in, do you think that, I don't know, the, the fact that he did all, like he's self-publishing and, and, and did all the work himself, do you think that it, do you think this story is any different if he doesn't, let's say, at, like image even? You think it, it would be different if he used an image comics model of publishing? Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious what you think if it would be different. I don't think it necessarily would be. I, I don't, I'm, like whatever, of- whatever this book is, whatever you say about this, it really doesn't feel like he's missing the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like he pretty much did set out to do exactly what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. Like he he knew where he was going and he might have some feelings or maybe maybe he could do something a little different, a little better, whatever. You know, he could rewrite something if he had more time, he could do whatever. Um it would certainly be different. I think it would probably be a little bit more readable. 
uh, if it was done in like an image model, you know, mm-hmm. creator own property. He has a lot of creative control, but he's working with another artist, another writer, an editor, whatever. Mm-hmm. I personally like, I don't think that works of art should really be done in a vacuum. You know, we've kind of got this myth that that's the way all great works of art come about. And it's like one singular person. And I just don't think that that's really true that you need collaborators and you need people like telling you like, Oh, this is, this part's kind of a mess and it's unclear what's happening here. And you know, you, you need other people's perspectives because you're going to have other people read it as well. It's good to, it's, it's good to have collaborators. Mm-hmm. I don't think this necessarily suffers tremendously because of that, but I do think that there are some parts of it that are harder to read than others. Right. And I think that having an editor collaborating with him, someone that was really on board with his vision could have helped him improve that. There are, I don't, I'm not sure how it necessarily works at image. I don't, I'm not sure how their editorial process works because I have heard from various creators at, that publish through image where they have no editorial oversight whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if that is just like image, like, well, they're cause they give so much of the profits back to, the creator, oh, yeah. if they just are trying to cut costs as much as possible, or if that's like, if it's there, if it's wanted, or if, my, or if they think they need it, I'm not right. sure. My understanding from what Kelly Sue said at that talk we went to, mm-hmm. uh, and this is, I'm basing it entirely on, on that, really. Yeah. Is that there are, there is, there are editors that work with them, but she's basically her own boss when she works at Image. Right. Like, I mean, if th- I think if she made a, a book that was titled uh, I'm Going to Kill and Eat Robert Kirkman, they might have something to say about it. Uh, I don't know. That might sell really well. It might. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, but I, basically, I mean, I think you were at that panel with me where she said that that um, she ha- like they were giving her editorial notes on Pretty Deadly and they're like, this doesn't read too well and this doesn't this and you know maybe you should rewrite this and she just decided the hell with it i it's mine i'm gonna do it the way i want it and fucking whatever mm-hmm. and that's she probably even said fucking whatever <laughs> as, as she's want to the woman curses like a sailor it's pretty awesome um i don't know i am just a big fan of creative feedback and collaborators and right I like her husband's book, Odyssey. Feel like that first issue I read could have could have used a little bit more editorial. This makes no sense. Um, I don't I don't know. I just you, think that. I, but do, do you think that this book stands out in that way? If if it had an editor and had other people working with them, it's not as unique as it is. And do you think it loses charm? And I like. In what it gains in storytelling, quote unquote, would it gain? Does it lose its that that charm of being from just one guy? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I mean, I know I prefer uh, really well thought out storytelling, mm-hmm. but it's. I mean, it's got that kind of punk rock edge to it. You know, I think that's kind of what you mean. Yeah. You know that it's just like. You know, fuck you, who cares? One, two, three, four, blam, you know? Um, and that's fine. 
it it works for some people. I think that art should be really premeditated and should be the best thing you can do. But I mean, there's certainly something to be said for fuck it. Let's just do as much as we can, as well as we can, and don't look back. Like there's something really brave about that. But I don't think it works as well as it could. That is that's that's my gut feeling from Cobra. I like that they he just went ahead and named the character that's Grace Jones, Gracie. Mm-hmm. He just went, eh, that's her name. That's who she is. She's in two comics now. <laughs> hmm. That is who you said was in uh, Battle Angel, correct? Yes, it is. Yes. You say this is... Uh, is there any other artists you could... Uh, there's. I, I would say you're... I, I agree completely that it's very much... The art style reminds me a lot of Frank Miller, but it seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot of... I don't know, when they're dealing with the weird magic and interdimensional stuff, it's very kind of, I don't know, like playing with panel layouts and mm-hmm. stuff like, like it reminds it like Jim Stranko or, uh, or, um, I can't think of his name. It's upsetting me. Maybe give me some, maybe I can help you. Give you uh, a boost there. He did Electra. Oh, the, the watercolory yeah. Electra book. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it either. I'm going to look it up because it's bothering me. It should bother you. And New Mutants. You'll be bothered. New Mutants a lot too. Um, Bill Bill Sankiewicz. Bill Sankiewicz. Oh, that one. Not the recent Electra. Not the recent one. No, the the old Electra. Mm. Just in those those sections alone. And I, I think that's the... Like they stand out when the rest of this book is cl- like just clear action, Frank Miller, visceral, like punching people in the face and getting mm-hmm. stabbed in the, the cheek and all that stuff. But then you have like weird moments where Doctor Strange is like having weird after effect echoes of himself bouncing around the page with weird little mm-hmm. tiny squares everywhere. And, you know, the page is tilting on its own axis and all that stuff. It, it really it stands out from the rest of the book. Sinkevich did. Was it a daredevil he did with Frank Miller? What did he do with Frank Miller? I think the Electra book was with Frank Miller. Ah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. For some reason, I thought it was Daredevil. Daredevil was with uh, Klaus Janssen and later with uh, J.R. J.R. John John Romita Jr. and uh, uh, Mazzucchelli as well. I think that's mostly. I'm sure there's other people in there, but those are the ones I remember. Hmm. But do you have any – what do you think about that? Any other artists you could compare it to? Or is I do keep getting a, Min, a Mignola vibe from it, but I don't know why because I really don't think it's that similar. Well, I think uh, it mostly it's the character designs. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You did reference Hellboy earlier with how the characters look, and it mm-hmm. is very much like – I think that the – I think you are right in that – you don't really get much time with any of the characters, but because the designs are so crazy from each other, like he mm-hmm. does, I think he does a good job in that, making them disparate enough that you don't ever confuse any of them because they one looks like Freddie Mercury and then and one looks like Grace Jones, and then they all have enough discernible features that you never go, oh, who is that? You go, oh, it's that guy. You may not know his name, but you know that he's that character. And I and I he uses that kind of as a shortcut. To tell, to try and give you some characterization before, you know, without mm-hmm. actually writing it on the page. It doesn't bother me. 
I guess. I I think it's I know when I Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was I was I think it doesn't bother me because I coming into this I'm just like, okay, it's going to be an action comic and people are going to get just beat the shit out of them and and then they'll die or they'll, you know, keep fighting or whatever, but there's not going to be a lot of uh, in the here. I I guess I give it a I cut it slack in that way where I just go, well, I know what I'm in for. It's kind of like what we were talking about with convergence. It's like a dumb, punchy stuff yeah. done, done really well, and I'm turn your brain off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think, although it's a, it's a very smart, dumb book. Yeah, but I mean, there is tons of punching and shooting and falling and stuff. I I I think a lot a lot of it is just like, hey, it reminds me of comic books in the '80s that I really liked. I like this crystal face guy. Crystal Face Guy is pretty cool. I, I like everyone in this dimension. Crystal Face Guy and the Mother Brain with the hot glued eyeballs. Yes, it's friggin' amazing. Reminded me of uh, Manhattan Projects. I would imagine so. That, I love how that, the director of the CIA is Her- Harold Ramis. Well, Harold Ramis was in the CIA. Okay. This is real. This is real life. Okay, you're, you you're right. I, this is this I'm is sorry. A, this is a documentary. I don't, uh, better get some better glue for Mother Brain. You don't, do you remember when that alien, the alien head exploded a city? You don't remember that? Well, it wasn't an alien head, was it? Was I thought it was that farmer guy, that occultist. I thought it was his head. I thought it was a head of some dude that was left over in the old. In my, the alien my understanding is the helmet. Um, like I don't think that head was from the guy wearing the helmet. I thought that, that it was just a fragment of that helmet. Is what yes. was stabbed into the head, and the head was of the guy. I thought that, that they, they thought it was the farmer, but then they realized later it was an alien, or not an alien. If that was the interdimensional. If that was the I right, don't know. it doesn't matter. Yeah, inter- interdimensional alien. I think it's is, is well enough to say when but the head if that was the case. Right, right. When the head exploded that city, I'll just say that. Yes, we don't have to argue about the origin of heads, Robbie. Where do heads come from? When while well, mommy and a daddy love each other very, very, very much, they give each other head. No, they, uh, they. I think I think that actually is true. They, they call uh, they call Santa Claus, and he oh. sends a stork that has a baby, including the head, to their house. So Santa Claus heads come from Santa Claus. Okay, that's good. No, so just threw the rest of it away. What? Who? That's right. What are you talking about? It's just... Let's just move on. I can't. I can't be this obtuse forever. This is starting to hurt. <laughs> uh, no. I. I. Uh, who would you? Who would you recommend this to, Eric? Would you recommend it? I would recommend this to art school weirdos. I think another art school weirdo book. Yeah, that's what this is. Same people that I would recommend Wrenchies to. That's what I would recommend this to. No, uh, it's, Frank Miller it's, fans. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I would, um, I can think of other comics that I would, I would recommend, like, I don't know, maybe the Man of Paul Batman to them first. Mm. You know, I would, I would go for more the, the modern comic booky stuff and, and, and not this sort of outlandish book. To me, it was, uh, kind of a hard read. So mm. I'm not going to say I hate it and I'm glad that I've finally gotten a chance to read it, but it's, so odd, so such an anomaly that I would only recommend it to people that like anomalous things. Hmm, that's true, and it's very difficult to get. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I yes. ordered it straight from this, the Bergen Street Press and it still took multiple weeks to get to me. So it's, yes, it's, and if you want the issues, you have to, I think that's a part of the charm too, in that yeah. it's, it's hard to get. So it's like if you get the single, even single issues or even if you get the tray, you're like, look at this thing. It's hard to find. It's mm-hmm. like, it's one dude did all this. It's, it's, it, it kind of appeals to that collectory nature of yeah. comic, comic book fans. So that's, that's who I would, who I'd recommend it to is hipster artists. Yeah, that's probably solid. I would definitely, yeah. if you don't mind, Ordering it from a website and waiting three weeks to get it. I would, def- I would suggest people who like the old school Frank Miller before Frank Miller's brain was broken by 9-11. Um, and or cancer or whatever's wrong with the poor guy. Well, I think the, the 9-11, well, I think he was actually on that road well before 9-11 happened, but 9-11 Possibly. did not help. Um, no. and the fact, yeah, his, whatever his health is at the moment is also not helping. Um, but, uh, I, it's, it's breakneck pace. I'm, Wish, I think that's the, it, it's hard to, like, you have to get all the new issues to make it. I think that's also like a weird kind of re- counterintuitive thing is where it moves so fast, but to get the new issues is like very difficult. Like, you can't just go down to your comic book store and pick up the next issue. You cannot buy it digitally unless you steal it, um, which is not buying. Yeah, stealing is the opposite of buying. This is a good lesson. Good lesson. Mm-hmm. Okay, folks. So that was Copra number one through six, round one. Michelle Fife. Next week for uh, for my wedding, we are going to discuss action comic. I can't talk. I'm starting to get Sean Connery. <laughs> action comics. Action comics numbers one through eighteen. Grant Morrison's run on his origin, that Superman origin, basically in in uh, the New Fifty Two issues one through eighteen, volumes one through three. Talk some more some. Grant Morrison soups. We did a uh, All Star Superman. No, this is him kind of retelling Superman in a in the in the new Fifty Two, which is already getting a revamp with the convergence. Ugh. Eric's giving me the sleepies. Mm-hmm. They that's how it works. It's just like cooties. Anyway, so that's it. Next week, buy it, read it, and we can talk about it. You can listen to us. Mm-hmm. So it goes. That's a great. That's Grant Morrison, right, Eric? Grant Morrison came up with that? Grant Morrison wrote, So It Goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then he fell down the stairs and died. Uh, I'm not even... I, I, I intended that as a joke, but I'm not sure where the funny is in it, but I think it's funny. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that we can bring us bring us to a close. Yeah, we had, close it up. Close it up. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, everything is there. New episodes, downloadable streaming ways to contact us, etc., etc. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour. Find us on Twitter at HBCHour. Email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe uh, us on iTunes or wherever you find us. Uh, it really helps out the show, gets us uh, new listeners, new eyes on the show. Of course, we like that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MixmasterStreel. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? All right. You can see my portfolio by going to freewheelunlimited.com, and you can see most of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Tumblr and my Pinterest. Um, in addition, you can tweet at me uh, because I use Twitter. I don't like Instagram. Stop 
Stop trying to make me use this thing, young people. Uh, I use Twitter. The Twitter handle is Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. And that's it. <laughs> I really I, I enjoyed this, the random anti Instagram. I have hated Instagram since its inception, and that's a dumb thing, but whatever. You gotta stick to your guns, even if it's dumb. You gotta stick to your dumb guns. Stick to the dump stick to your dumb guns. I'm gonna get a tattoo stick of that. Stick to your dumb guns. I'm yep. gonna get I'm gonna get a holster tattooed with the two guns and then right in block lettering across my belly it's gonna say stick to your dumb guns. There you go. Dumb yeah. guns. But I'm gonna use Eric's handwriting. He's gonna write it on my stomach. It's gonna, look, re- it's gonna look really bad. <laughs> anyway, folks, have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank <laughs> you.